my New Year's resolution? Well, when you're a Vikings fan, with the amount of one point or one possession wins that you have, you've got to take care of your anxiety, especially in the off season. It's the only time you can truly relax, don't you know? <laughs> I'm having a crisis of person this week on The Push-Up. Welcome to the new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. While I get you ready for the next, I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, denial ain't just a river in Egypt. Right. That's right, Dan. Cowboys are doing great. I'm not worried about it. We already made no, the playoffs. No Who's got the fine. It's all just get uh, polished away. Yep, nothing um, matters. Everything's fine. <sighs> yep. Uh, you've got some some future games on the on the horizon. Mine is my future is getting dimmer and dimmer. Dan, it was a rough week uh, fifteen for our our favorites, but a uh, a wild one and oh, one yeah. that uh, kicked some dust up, settled some others, and gets us a better look at the NFL uh, playoff picture for this coming uh, new year of twenty twenty four. A uh, a giant was killed. Um, a team we thought was. You know, really just going to motor their way right into uh, right into the Super Bowl. This is a league of parody, man. Oh, like, ex- it's <laughs> just want- been great. Have we talked about the wheel of parody, right? Have we talked about yes. this? Like, what's the earliest week that the wheel of parody gets completely filled out every year? And I think this year was like week six. Like week six, everybody that had beat somebody beat somebody that beat somebody that beat somebody all the way around. Every team got beat. It's that it's that argument. Um, there's no you know superpowers and stuff like that. There you know et cetera et cetera. The the NFL fights itself to be a breeding ground of of mediocrity, <laughs> and nothing more true than this year. Where here's an early crazy stat that I have for the spot: forty four percent of the league currently is eight and seven or seven and eight. Wow. Nearly half, nearly half of the league is just sitting right at 500. Bubble team for the playoffs. We are two weeks away from the season being over, and strangely, there's only been six clinches yeah. so far, and Four none of those people have clinched. Well, the only one that's clinched a division is the 49ers. Uh, no, the oh, and the Lions, Forty Niners and Lions, must you? Uh, but yeah, yes, the uh, the clinching has begun. Two in the AFC, four in the NFC. More can happen this week with some help, etc. But also, we're talking how close it is. Where if you are one of those bubble teams, and we have two weeks left, an unfortunate, I'm knocking on wood, injury this way or that way, or mm-hmm. something that goes, you know, ball bouncing one way can completely change your season so who knows who knows from this point on everybody hold your breath we still got so many games left but yet not that much not do you that have a good much. backup quarterback good oh do you have a good third string quarterback you're yeah. gonna need him it's fucking yeah. weird out here it's very yeah it gets deep it gets deep when you add all these extra games and we do have you know in in uh 
five years ago. We'd only have one more week left. We got two weeks left uh, with that week 18 that has been added since, was that just last year, two years ago? Two, two years, years ago. ago. Um, so let's hit all the games because everybody played uh, mm-hmm. as we get closer to the uh, to the playoff picture. Game of the week, we're going to end it, or we're going to begin where it ended. Um, the best, the top seeds of both playing each other in the final Monday night game of the 2023 season where the Baltimore Ravens won in San Francisco 33 to 19 that that uh, score is yet is double uh, is two possessions the Ravens dominated this one by the end of it fun one to watch though uh, Jackson two touchdowns Ravens defense with four sacks four interceptions two by Hamilton himself in wild fashion um, and that's that was the thing. Purdy with the turnovers, he didn't finish the game. Darnold comes in at the end. McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, they all did what they could. But uh, a game that starts strong with a San Francisco drive, interception to a 20-plus yard grounding safety. I mean, this game had everything, yet the Ravens still dominated by the end score. I actually didn't think Brock Purdy had a terrible game. Sure. If I, you can't put all honest, of the four uh, yeah. interceptions on him. You can put there's two just, on him. At yeah, least. there's two. So he threw two interceptions, which is something you cannot do against a team like the Ravens that, with a lead, will just grind you the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Bosa talked a lot about watching Lamar make adjustments this season. In uh, He has a new pump fake. <laughs> Bless I don't him. know if you've seen this, um, yeah. but instead of having a pump fake, he actually shifts his shoulder pads because he knows that on film he had a tell that when he shifts his shoulder pads, it means he's going to run. Oh, beautiful. And so he'll do a shoulder pad shift, and then everybody will break contain to go after him, and then he just throws a fucking throws a dart over the top of somebody. It is... Like, that's the sort of shit I know they're talking about. Like, maybe Lamar's the MVP. It's Christian McCaffrey. Like, it's just Christian McCaffrey. Right, right. That's who the MVP is, in my mind. But, man, Lamar is maybe the most interesting player uh, in the NFL because, yeah, he's just got... There's still no real targets for him. I mean, Zay Flowers is turning into something nice. Um, If if Isaiah likely um, was their number two tight end, uh, you know, instead of missing their Mark Andrews, we might be talking about something here, but like it's kind of all Lamar. Like everything runs through Lamar. So Lamar sure. might actually be the most valuable, but I don't think his stats and what he's done here, even compared to his own MVP season, you can't in good conscience give it to him unless he scores another twenty TDs in the next two games. Yeah, um, you know it feels yeah, like Christian was, McCaffrey, but man, he's interesting. God, he's that was getting rough. We we talked about Brock Purdy and, and how he turned it around and the second half of his season was like, yeah, he's making a good argument for MVP. And we, I think it, uh, over the last few years, everyone has re- relented into the fine. MVP wants to be a quarterback yeah. award. Okay, we'll pick our best quarterback. And it was going to be Purdy. And then when he's having these awful game on Monday night, everybody's like, uh, and they look across to... You know, and Jackson was having a very good game, but it isn't fair to immediately say this guy who hasn't dominated c- clearly through the whole season. Oh, he must be the MVP then. It must be this other guy playing this good game tonight, uh, in amongst all of the the eyes. So that's why I think yeah, everyone's having this argument of like, no, you can't give it to Jackson now. So I agree with you. Get, then 
if there's not a clear quarterback to give it to, Christian McCaffrey, man, is having quite the year. You can look at his stats and the and the touchdowns and all that stuff. He's a dominant player and MVP is just most valuable player. It's not MVQ. It's not MVQ. So yeah. there you go. I mean, this game, though, awesome. Ravens 16-12. They did kick a lot of field goals themselves. They could have put even more points on the board. Well, both teams could have, but uh, uh, Tucker there can get points from anywhere on the field. Makes these Ravens very dangerous and um, and very fun to watch every time. Uh, in the last 15 years... There's only been one non-quarterback MVP in oh, yeah. the last right? like that AP. yeah in the last like 24. There's only been three, which is yeah. crazy to me. The like there's it's such a quarterback-driven league. We talk about this all the time, but the, there's only three. One of them was uh, Sean Alexander back in 05, Ladanian Tomlinson in 06, and the only one like since our podcast has even existed, I guess. And it wasn't. We didn't even have a podcast back then. Was nope. uh, was your boy? Uh, was yeah, Adrian, Adrian Peterson? Peterson and he damn he had to run for two thousand yards to the, do it. Like yeah, you know and he I had to put it. up that's a what crazy season. For. Yep, that's what the that's what the request the the award asks for. But also, I think it's you know it, it can go the other way too. If no quarterback can claim it, if no quarterback's stepping up there to to claim this thing. Because uh, because of, cause of uh, some rough uh, stats, then then who else could? Uh, and or give it to the best quarterback with the you know the the, oh, the best team, the number one team. Yeah, the best worst stats, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> moving on to all of the other games. Unfortunately, we're going to pull off the band aid quickly this week, Dan. Oh. On, yes, on ours because of the matchups. It's just how it works. Um, That's fair. So. Cowboys went uh, down to Miami. They lost by two, 20 to 22. This was a game that I picked, uh, but it was a very tight one back and forth. Seven to 13 Dolphins at the half, but we flashed forward to uh, Cowboys taking the lead uh, by one with 327 left. Um, he They hit, uh, who's, who was the wide receiver double covered there in the corner? Um, you talking Woods. about Waddle? No, the Cowboys touchdown there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my boy uh, Woods, right? No, not Woods. Um, Cooks. Cooks. Thank you, Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Cooks. Brandon Fucking Cooks. Dime, dude. Yeah, right over the corner. Um, Cowboys take the lead. Dolphins get the ball uh, with you know too much time left. Three twenty-seven. Then that's what they did. They bled it down for Sanders to kick the twenty-nine yarder for the win. The Dolphins with the win clinch playoffs. Uh, and are in. So they're the other team in the AFC in. It's Ravens and Dolphins who are in. So the Dolphins are a good team, right? We don't really play well on the road. I am, I know I said I was delusional. I don't think I'm delusional anymore. <laughs> I think the Kool-Aid that I was drinking is wearing off slightly. Um, we've been playing good teams recently, and we're staying with them, but we're not beating them. Because we don't have uh, two things that I think are fundamentally important to being good in the playoffs. Uh, we cannot stop the fucking run. Uh, you know, not for the life of us. I mean, I, I would say we did an okay job against Miami, strangely enough. Like, Raheem Mostert didn't even have 50 yards. Uh, A-Chain didn't have 25. Like, I thought we did okay. The problem is, when we needed it, they could just pick us apart. 
You know, Dan Quinn had such a great run up until the last four weeks. The last four weeks, we've been like a bottom-ranked defense, which is crazy, going up against teams like Buffalo, teams like Miami. These are legit teams. They're good teams, but we're not separating. Um, I think we were the better team, honestly. We, we had a fumble on a really long drive to start this game. I think that changes the... I think that changes the complexity of the game, honestly. Um, I think there were too many missed opportunities by us. Um, you know, there was a, a terrible fucking run by uh, by Tony Pollard where he just yeah. couldn't get the corner, and then we give it to Lipke, and then, boom, it's a fumble. Like, we had a huge drive to start this game, and we left with zero fucking points. They come back, they score a field goal on us. That's the sort of game we were playing. Like... We were better than them. We could have beaten them. We just beat ourselves. There's a really bad penalty on the end uh, drive where we give up a fucking face mask. Like It's obvious, and it's not even a bad call. Um, it's an obvious face mask, but then that's 15 yards right there. You're basically in field goal range already. Um, right. It just changes the way you defend it, um, and it almost makes it undefendable. That being said, can Micah Parsons get a fucking hold, like, mm. ever? This guy never gets held. Like, the last four games, there's no holding calls in Michael Parsons. And I know you'll see photos that show it, but photos aren't really, you know, indicative of what's actually happening in the game. There's major plays where Michael Parsons literally has guys draped around his torso uh, as he's trying to get to the quarterback. So maybe they'll make the correction in the playoffs if they want the Cowboys to make a decent run, you know, and get the sports books all excited. But, yeah, we've got to stop getting stupid penalties on us, we've got to, you know, force. You've got to force, and I think this is part of Micah's pride. You've got to force the refs to call a penalty on this. You've got to, you need to be acting. Like, you actually need to act that you've been held. Like, I need you to twist. I need you to move your body in a way that makes it so obvious, so glaringly obvious that if they don't throw it, you have a fucking riot on your hands from even the opposing team being like, ooh, that's a standard we want to set. Um... But that being said, yeah, acting helps. Acting helps. That being said, we're in the playoffs. Like, yeah. we're in the playoffs, and a loss like this kind of means I'm not playing for anything for the next two games. You know, the the NFC North, the NFC East is kind of out of reach, if I'm being honest. Like, all the Eagles have to do is win one more, and it's over. Um, you know, the 49ers and the Eagles are going to go for the number one seed. What am I playing for? I'm playing for the five seed. Uh, rest, dudes. You know, when Tyron Smith was out this game, at this point, I'm like, just sit him. Just sit him to the playoffs. You know, I know Chuma Idoga isn't a good left tackle, but I, I just need everybody healthy. That's all I need. Get me healthy, get me to the playoffs, and I think we'll be okay. Um, because if we can score, and we can score, we can put different sorts of pressure on a team. If we fumble at the two-yard line on our opening drive, it just makes everything harder down the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, so one thing that I think was I I glared over last week is when we saw Ravens and Niners on the schedule. That was the one seed versus the one seed. But leading into the week, this was the two seed versus the two seed in the yep. AFC versus NFC, and it's because these two teams are so much alike, and they both have this like uh, monkey on their back of uh, well, are they for real? Can they beat a, another good team? Can you beat a? Uh, playoff bound team which is kind of bs when we talk about how many teams are seven and eight and eight and seven right now oh yeah whether you're not a playoff team i mean like we said there's only so many right now other than these few 
there's not that many others to play. So I don't really buy into the, you guys are keep, if you keep up with a quote unquote playoff team, then you have a shot. I, and I believe that. The one thing where I think the Cowboys lack is you're much better at home than on the road. Mm-hmm. The defense is traveling, sure. And that's what I saw in this game was, was this tight, tight defensive mat- matchup. And you're right, if if not for a, bad penalties and they called it out too. It's like Cowboys have some of the most penalties in the league again. Most penalized team in the league. If that doesn't yeah, shoot you in the feet or the foot so much, then I think yeah, your defense is put yourself in good situations. So that's the worry is that if you have to take this on the road through the playoffs, it's going to be tough. You got this interesting one in the Lions where we'll talk about that like, you're right, how much do you show your, your hand on another playoff team? at this point how soon will you see them again who knows so um it's a curious look on the other side of the miami dolphins this was something they almost needed to win for themselves yes they beat the jets last week and dominated them but they lost two weeks ago to one of those good teams and it's december thing and they collapsed so much last year that they had to play in buffalo you know we're here it's like the division's in your hands, Miami. Just don't screw this up. But it's like the Bills are like not going to let it go away right away all mm-hmm. of a sudden. So, yeah, the Dolphins saw this as a desperate win. And when you're talking playoffs and home and away, the Cowboys were in the same situation with it being the Eagles coming, but at the same time, they're on the road. So I think that was the difference. There's your two points. Um, I did see Olsen calling off that hold there at the end that could have made it a longer field goal uh, from Sanders, but alas. I mean, he was money that game. I, mean, I, yeah. I Once they got it across the 50, I was like, God damn it, this fucking guy's just drilling yes. shit. Yeah, five for five in that one. So Olsen had a great game. All right, so what this leads us to is the only two teams with uh, clinching uh, playoffs in the AFC get to match up with each other this week. Nothing gets easier for the Ravens or the Dolphins, but at least they get each other. Uh the uh, Ravens can clinch their division with a, we're going to call them non-losses. When I say non-loss, <laughs> winner tie. Winter sure. Tie. Non-loss or a Cleveland loss. And they clinch a number one seed if they just straight out win because this would be beating the Dolphins, getting them that, that set up. And so the, the, um, the playoffs can roll through Baltimore if the Ravens You don't want to roll win. through Baltimore. <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good idea. You're gonna you get want, murdered. You want to fly through Baltimore. You want you want to fly yeah. over Baltimore. You want to get get through it quick as possible. Different um, state. Be in a different state as fast as you can be. This one is on New Year's Eve at noon in uh, Baltimore. So that's where I think the Ravens are gonna gonna have the advantage. So here I'll take the uh, the Ravens to win this one over the Dolphins and what I think should be a very strong game. Oh yeah, you got to go Ravens. I mean. The Ravens have answered the bell the last month or so. You know, beating the 49ers the way they did, um, just being the team that they've been. Yeah, I unless the Dolphins... If the Dolphins win, I'll feel so much better about my Cowboys loss keeping it close. Um, but yeah, you got to go Ravens, especially at home. Dolphins can clinch their division too with a uh, non-loss themselves. So if they tire, they win. Or if Buffalo just uh, loses straight out. To New England? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, f- fair, fair enough. All right. So um, I just made Dan live through that, so it's my turn. Lions 30, Vikings 24. Pulling them band-aid right off. Um, 
this one was a rough one. Vikings Winter Wonderland and all of the, their their white ones didn't work out. Um, dropping players uh, didn't feel good. Uh, the second half, Addison going out with a ankle injury. Hawkinson going out with a knee injury. Wanham going out with a quad injury. Boom, boom, boom. Um, but they did what they could. Um, Goff. I thought we kept him under control. He didn't look great, but he did what he could. I thought we kept the Lions offense as best under control as we could. Gibbs is an exciting player. Got to see mm-hmm. him full on. He's RB1 now. It's not a shared backfield. Montgomery no. is the change of pace back. Gibbs gets it initially. Like my brother at one point was like, "What's where's Montgomery? Is he hurt? I go, I just don't think you take Gibbs off the field the way he plays. No, he's um, figured it out. His pass pro has gotten much better, so he's no longer a liability. That's the big thing. You're right. That As soon as you know how to pick up blitz packages and stuff like that as a running back, then all right, you're RB1. Um, the Lions, And then St. Brown had his great game too. 12 catches, 106 yards, touchdown. Lions defense turned the Vikings over four times with uh, four sacks as well. Uh, but a lot of that is on Mullins. Here's the thing about Nick Mullins. Didn't realize he's this uh, gung-ho, going to throw the ball wherever I feel like quarterback. That's what I'm being told. That's what I be, I'm seeing, too. He's Unfortunately, unfortunately it's the exact opposite thing I think the Vikings need right now, unfortunately. Um, and I've seen that his, uh, his passes come out short. They come out late, and they come out short. And that was most of the reason for these interceptions. Um, who's to say, you know, Brock Purdy threw four interceptions. He could have been MVP, but, uh, like we said, those all weren't uh, his fault. These all were probably Nick Mullins' fault. Um, the last one to Jefferson, who was trying his, his, you know, darndest to pull them out of the funk of this game, uh, catching just 500 balls, triple cover, just pulling them in like Jefferson does. Uh, was open at the goal line here to essentially get this game tied and then the extra point would have given him the lead, a knuckleball to him at the end. And it's frustrating to watch that type of stuff. And all that being said, Lions only up by three at the half. All of that, uh, you know, it being that close through this whole game, another one score, whatever. Uh, I also must question a little bit of the calls here um, in this mm-hmm. game. There was a uh, roughing the pat. Well, there was a third and very long that Vikings would have gotten off the field, and we get a roughing the passer on uh, Goff, very well acting a hit that was not late or any reason to be called a flag. Uh, continued a drive that led to a field goal, um, but also in that drive, a strip sack that they said was a forward pass. Um, I think we really need to look at what is considered forward passes moving forward. I don't understand, you know, if 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 a ball can just be shoved forward or his momentum can, but, you know, if the contact is there before the arm even goes forward, I, I don't see how you can't call that a it, fumble. So but, it's touchy. Yeah. Right? It's touchy. It, like Very touchy. Yeah. So uh, watching this game, I mean, God, are you going to have to pay Justin Jefferson $50 million a year? You have to pay him whatever he wants. Now, I feel like that's not almost the question. The question is, who does he want him to throw him the ball? Does he Kirk. want to be 36-year-old Kirk? That's fine now. Like At this point, that's what I think all Vikings fans are thinking. He's like, oh, my God, I will never take Kirk Cousins for granted ever again. And <laughs> if he wants to come back for two, three years now, that's also okay. 
uh, um, as long as he can prove to me he's not going to snap any other you know Achilles or whatever because we need him for a f- you know full seasons and stuff. But he's other than that that injury he's been totally healthy and and reliable. So that's worth keeping an old quarterback around. I think. Yeah. You know, talking myself into it. He's got a twenty eight million dollar dead cap anyway. Like fuck it. You know, see see if you well, can extend the guy. No, I'm pretty sure. I mean. Yeah, that's true. We have it's his decision. It's his totally his decision. Uh, unrestricted free agent. Oh, so well. Here's the thing. Basically, you get it counts twenty eight million dollars against the cap when he leaves. Right next year. Like even though his contract is up, it's because of the void years. You guys push some money down the line. Yes. Yes. Like twenty eight million dollars to not have Kirk Cousins versus like it gives Kirk Towards so much his, negotiating. Leverage. Oh yes. Oh like, yeah. And he's never missed a payday. That's the weird. That's the no. scary thing. So when we're talking about JJ coming, it's like they both need to look each other in the eye and and, and be truthful of what they're asking because we can't go all in on just two guys here or whatever. But at the same time, that's their best chance, and I do believe there's a window here. And why rebuild completely with a rookie, whatever quarterback? And we've proven this that you can't just you know throw in anybody. You know, get really lucky and find a Joe Flacco sitting there. Uh, ready oh, to Oh, the elite away. dragon coiled elite. like Smaug <laughs> comes back with uh, l- uh, no no rust whatsoever. Can't be that lucky. So that's so, my Vikings on this side of this. Yeah, I'll ask um, you this because there is there is now a Shohei Otani. This is not a baseball podcast, but Shohei Otani signed this crazy fucking deal, and I've almost all of the money is deferred. Yeah, which has never been heard of in the NFL. Let's be honest. Can you imagine? Kirk Cousins signing a fully guaranteed contract where the money is like 10 years down the line deferred. Yeah. And Kirk's like, I'm going to win one in Minnesota. How many fucking kids in Minnesota get named Kirk the second he signs that fucking contract? He's got that to be, I mean, his family, I I, want to edge him on to being the the family man and all that stuff to be like, you know, stick around. You got, you know, some roots here now. It's been so many years and, there's been no reason there's no reason for him to up and go other than will somebody offer him a better situation and money mm. and if Brock Purdy's throwing four interceptions and the Niners listen if the Niners have an early exit of the playoffs and Kirk Cousins will listen to any conversations that team will go you must you it must be you Kirk it's always been you so I'm a little worried that if Brock Purdy you know that that's the one team that could really talk Kirk into leaving Minnesota would be the San Francisco and Go back 49ers. with his boy Shanahan. Oh, and look at that offense and all those Ugh. toys. That's the only better situation the guy has. It's so true. We Oof. can, and we can pay him only so much, and then because we got to pay JJ. But again, you can't you can't lose out on everybody. So if Kirk goes and JJ goes and you know whatever. So uh, let's go back. Partial to the ownership? Di- would you give him partial ownership? Yeah, right? Yes, I give him whatever he wants. Absolutely. Fair. It's not Fair. me. Um, anyways, uh, we have to give this to the Detroit Lions. And so here's the thing about how I feel about this with the Detroit Lions. Obviously, they've been the little brother for so long, and um, it feels weird to, to see you know the refs help you out after so many years of keeping you down. So maybe this is a little bit of thing, you know redemption back sure That's probably what you're telling yourself no i all credit to him and dust dust settling you got to kind of cheer for him you know 
how cool would a Cleveland Browns Detroit Lions Super Bowl look like and things like that. So <laughs> I, I think it'd be a, a lot of drunken fights and oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of tears for whoever lost. But anyway, I think Lake Erie would be lit on fire immediately. <laughs> like there's it, it just it would honestly have to it's, be done there as a border. Yeah, you know, you're like, hey, just you guys back the fuck off from each other. It's a total exciting uh, feeling though, and this guarantees them a home game. The place is going to be super excited. Obviously, that's probably going to push it to a primetime game if they can do that um, with the schedule. I fear for whoever goes into Detroit to play them. I think it's going. I think you can get some points. You can throw some some touchdowns on this defense, but you're going to have to uh, make it a you know a, a gunfight because every, the lines are going to be ready to go. And oh, a couple more things about this game. Um, I'm not a fan of Kirby Joseph anymore. He is. Ooh. If if you look at the uh, the play where Hawkinson goes down, it's it's straight at uh, it's Kirby Joseph straight at his knee, and then his uh, one of his interceptions that was a really bad under. I mean, he's not on. Addison loses him on a, on a out route, and just because the pass is so far behind Addison, Joseph's there to intercept it. Takes the time to turn to the Vikings. Uh, sidelines and give like a a reaction to that as he intercepts it which is just upsetting to Melifon was the one who does the uh the skull chant after he intercepts the last one but i just think that's uh, jealousy so anyways um there is no detroit chant you guys have a, just have a new police. uh yeah you're finding a new enemy and if that's that's i think that's what you want the, the heavy wears the crown uh on your head there so we're coming for you next year lions congrats this year uh i wish you all the best in the playoffs we'll see you on the nfc side if i if i cheer for you you know given the riffraff that's already in there but do you wish them the best this week is thank you for the segue my 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 good man the detroit lions at the dallas cowboys saturday night yes we get a saturday night game this is the only game on saturday um our final Thursday night game is this week. No more Monday night games. This is our only game uh, other than the Thursday night game off of Sunday. Lions at Cowboys. Yeah, Dan, this one is a very curious one. It really is. Um, both teams got a lot on the on the line, but like you said, the Cowboys have a little bit less now. Given that you guys are playing earlier than the Eagles, I think you have to keep, you know, I don't think he put, take the foot off the gas in any way. So the whole idea of hiding stuff from the lions, I'm not going to buy it yet. So I will take your Cowboys because I think they're a better team at home. I think you can put up more points and I think you can quell the uh, lions offense enough. The lions could technically get the number one seed. Mm -hmm. I know that's crazy. If they went out and there's a dropped game by either the 49ers or the Eagles, they get the number all one three, spot. all three are eleven and four currently. Yeah, yeah. Niners, Eagles, so, Lions, but the Lions are currently the seven, uh, the third seed, but they still have yeah these two games in in conference left. The Lions could be the two seed too. That's what's crazy. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not picking anybody against the Cowboys almost mm-hmm. ever, but this is the one week where I'm like, uh, I don't know if we're even trying. I don't know if we're fucking in this game. I you know. I just believe, I believe that the Cowboys do not want to go in to the playoffs on a losing streak, and I think if we win this game, we can kind of sit everybody against Washington and just okay. go, oh, who gives a shit? 
So I think we're playing our best game this game. I think it's Cowboys win. Okay. I was I was wondering if you were going to just take the Lions. I don't know. Maybe you have some games you need to catch up on picks. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll see how we're going. All right. Continuing I make bold on. choices, man. I make bold choices. There you go. Uh, but but continuing on and uh, segueing in a certain way, Packers 33, Panthers 30. I got this one right. Dan makes bold choices. Um, but you, it, this bold choice almost came back and won. I know, it right? 23-10, Packers at the half. Panthers tied this thing at 30-all with, let me pull it up, and I'll tell you just how much time was left when they did that. So uh, you got to remember, yeah. I, I did take the fucking Jets to beat the Dolphins, <laughs> and that did not go well for me. But this one was so fucking close. This one oh, was close. God, I sweated I it. it, too. could feel um, it in my bones. Uh, it Packers looked very good early, and uh, Love had two touchdowns. He ran two in. Aaron Jones seems healthy finally. But um, the one thing that is looking um, impressive of late is quarterbacks against the Green Bay Packers defense. Quarterbacks against the Green Bay Packers defense put up a lot of yards, and Bryce Young uh, was one that filled in for this one, 312 yards and two touchdowns, and so Bryce Young finally looked good. Um, late in this one, yeah, he got things going, and the the tie game got the uh, the few Panthers fans that were there excited, but the Packers uh, enough time left to, to tie that up, or to, to take the lead with under 20 seconds left, 32-yard field goal. You know, normally a game like this would be very nice for a Panthers fan. You go, hey, we lost, you know, but hey, Bryce Young didn't look terrible. We still got the number one pick. Oh, fuck me. Yep, like that that's pick. no matter what happens with Carolina and Carolina, if they lose the next one, they clinch the number one seed. Mm. Uh, they clinch the number one pick and uh, they don't get it. They don't get it. And this team is like just not good. Like it, DJ Chark had a great game, had a great game. But that's just because I don't know what the fuck is going on with the Green Bay Packers and their defense. And DJ Chark's just so fucking fast that it, it felt like if you don't scheme correctly for him, he just burns you, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Um, and then Adam Thielen is always going to find space, especially against Joe Barry and the fucking Packers. That's what um, it is. It's Joe Barry's defense, yeah. It's so fucking bad, dude. He's so fucking bad. Like, I, And it's been bad kind of all year, which is crazy. Like, There's talent on this Green Bay D. There's talent. There's talent fucking everywhere. And to put up... Or to allow the Carolina Panthers to put 30 on you. That's embarrassing. Like going in as kind of a, a on the cusp, maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't make the playoffs. Like, I, I don't know anybody that's afraid of the Packers right now. No, yeah. This, yeah, it was an ugly win for the Packers. I think one of those, it was one of the, the ways you could co- come out of Carolina with a win and not feel great. That's probably yeah. the best way to do that for the Green Bay. Um, they are playing in Minnesota. That is the other primetime game. It's Sunday night football in uh, Packers at Vikings. It ends the weekend. As we said, there's no Monday night. Packers uh, today suspend Jari Alexander, cornerback, who uh, currently, um, since Jefferson's joined the league, has been the most boisterous one on uh, guarding Jefferson when they play. You know, it's it's not nearly as important this season as other ones, but... Uh, he will not be playing this game as the team suspended him. The story being, and this is the one I heard, is that uh, during this Panthers game, though he is not a captain, as the captains wear the C on their chest and go out there to call the uh, coin flip in games, he decided he should be a captain given that he's from Charlotte, 
Coach didn't mm-hmm. know. Coach didn't know he was from Charlotte. And uh, they so he calls the coin toss, which I don't think you're supposed to do. And when they <laughs> won the coin toss, he decided to tell them that he wanted that Packers wanted their D to be out there. We want our D to be out there is what he said. And so the refs go, well, what does that mean? Are we talking you guys just – if you want the D to be out there, it sounds like you want to kick. Um, there's that difference between choosing to kick or to defer. And if you say to kick, then you could – technically the other team could choose to receive twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, don't – yeah, okay. Don't know why you want to do that. And then the other team – so you, you men defer, and they, they verified with him, do you mean defer? And he just kind of kept saying he wanted the defense to be out there, and so that's what it ended up being was defer. That is a silly rule. Can I say that initially, that it's a silly rule that if a team, this whole, like, we want to kick, oh, no, did I say that wrong? I meant this, I meant this, and then a team can do that. I guess if you have, like, a, you know, just all-star defense and a super shitty offense, you want to prove something, you're like, I give them the ball both times, something like that. I, yeah. I don't know. I, that's the only thing I can think, because otherwise it's a silly, silly rule. So uh, Dak did this. A couple years ago, I don't know if you remember. Mistakenly, oh yeah. So uh, I I looked it up just to get oh, yeah. the play. Didn't by they play. fix it at halftime or something? At halftime, they're like, okay, the Cowboys get to receive the second half kickoff. Yes, because it is fucking dumb, right? It is a dumb contingent. Like you know, nobody is fucking. And if you play Madden, right, this is where it gets confusing. Madden gives you the option: Do you want to kick or do you want to receive? And yes, that's it. That's yes. it. They don't. They don't say like, "Would you like to defer to the other team deciding whether or not they want possession of the football?" You always want at least one possession of the football. You're not a fucking asshole. Um, but yeah, Dak literally said, "We'll play defense. We're going to kick it, kicking it that way." That's what he said. Yeah. And and the referee said, "This is a transcript. You want to kick? Yeah, we defer to the second half. Yes." Okay, you're going to kick. So he said defer later. Yeah. So it's he said silly, it the second, it's, but it's a dumb rule. It's yes. like, listen, do you? I say just make it. Do you want to receive this one or do you want to receive the second half? What <laughs> do you, you want to do? Yeah. Like yeah, nobody's, when you nobody's picking. Yeah, nobody's picking fucking wind direction. No. Like nobody's well, going. We want this. I mean, maybe in Dallas, while, honestly, have, depending yeah. on the time of day. But it's uh, it's just dumb, man. It's like. I get it. The main thing for Jair Alexander is like, if you're going to go out there and like stand there as a captain, I think nobody says shit to him if he just stands there and shuts the fuck up. Yes, you know, and he's like, and hey, then, I'm a captain in Charlotte, you know. And and then the 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 interview is him like coached and doesn't even understand. I mean, he wasn't calling coach out, but it was like it made it seem like uh, nobody fucking knew what he was doing. He just decided, and that's that's like you know disconnection in the in the locker room etc mess mess oh, like sure. that so i get why they are putting them down for a game it's it's not a good time i think they need his no. assistance but fine whatever he's always been a little too talkative for my take and if you listen to him it's hard to listen to him so yeah um although you can stare into those piercing blue eyes oh yeah no he's got he's got a beautiful pair of eyes uh so this kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really make me throw different. up in my mouth a little bit <laughs> uh, no it's Packers it's the Packers Packers are coming to Minnesota playing my Vikings uh, without Hawkinson without DJ Wanu who's ha- who had a breakout year I, he, he's he been good since since being drafted fourth rounder I think um, but he had a uh, career season 
and I think his uh, rookie deal's coming to an end, so he could find good money somewhere else after this. So hopefully he bounces back from this quad injury. Uh, Hawkinson, MCL, ACL injury this late, Dan. Is he even going to be ready for training camp next year? Not for training camp, no. It's God, it's generally man. an eight- to nine-month recovery time. Um, he will play next season. Sure. But it's it's so late. in the Like, if you remember when um, Adrian Peterson recovered from this, it people were like, miracle, what the fuck? Yeah. How are you yeah. doing that? You know, I think you're probably going to see him sometime week eight next season. Okay. That sucks. Um, anyways, continuing on, let's talk about... Uh, final game here before the break. Commanders, 28. Jets, 30. Hey, another one I got Dan over. Look at these picks going my way this week. Um, but this Wait, one I pick? sweated. I picked Jets in this one. You took Commanders. No, no, no. Did you pick... Uh, oh, and the, oh, you're right. Did we not pick Packers-Vikings yet? I'm yeah. sorry. I just jumped right through it. I'm assuming I'm t- you're picking Vikings. I am going to take my Vikings. I'm going to take my Vikings at home. I, you know, I don't even know who's playing quarterback yet. I haven't, I've been keeping an eye on... You know, Nothing Down official. O'Connell. Uh, we've been hearing a lot of benching today because this is the first for practices and IR, you know, in, injury reports and stuff like that. But the Vikings haven't said yet, so um, it could be Nick Mullins. I don't think they go back to Josh Dobbs. I think the other one is the rookie um, out of BYU, Jaron Hall. Hall. And Jaron Hall almost, or he started in uh, Atlanta and then had the injury. I. Nick Mullins, look, he's shown that he can throw the ball. He he can throw it on this offense. I just don't trust him to not throw these interceptions that aren't needed. Four of them when you lost by six points. It's just it's glaring that you can't That's a do swing. that. That's the difference. So I would like us to see if Jaron Hall can protect the ball and also throw it. And at this point, you know, all I want left is a is a win against the Packers. So I'm taking the pa- the Vikings to win. I'll do the same just because I, I have not been super impressed with them defensively. Even if you get a Jaron Hall in there, who is now in his second season, has a start under his belt, so I don't think he'll have those same jitters, even though he went out with a concussion in that right, start. Right, two drives, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Jaron Hall's in a, as good of a position as Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's negligible across the board. And if he sucks and he's fucking terrible, you can put Nick Mullins back in there. Um you know, and if you win this game, you got an outside chance of the playoffs. You lose this game, it's basically lights out. Um, but at least you'll be able to see what you've got in Jaron Hall. And I think that's as much value to you as even making the playoffs. Is going, hey, do we have anything here with Jaron Hall? Even if we re-sign Kirk, do we even keep this kid? Or do we actually go back into the draft and get another developmental prospect? Because right. he's 25 fucking years old. He's Mormon. He's goddamn right. near Josh Beck or John Beck. <laughs> yes. Find out now. I agree. Um and because the Lions won the division, and we already have either the Eagles or the Cowboys taking one of those wild cards, Seahawks, Rams have jumped Cowboys. the Vikings. Cowboys taking a wild card. Have, have, uh, have jumped the Vikings for those other two wild cards and those the teams that now you have to hope they drop one, and you're looking at that the 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 scoreboards and stuff like that, and that, that's not fun to do. So I'm not I'm not gonna worry too much about that from this point on for the vikings you know you're limping or whatever fine but you're losing a lot of good guys this last week too so we'll see what we'll see how the uh how how the ashes fall here for the nfc but i think it's getting clearer um okay commanders jets is where i was heading sorry for jumping the gun everybody <laughs> i did take the jets who uh held on in this one that i thought should have just gone the two minute no offense early but 27 to 7 jets at the half 
Zerline three field goals. Bryce Hall had a nice game with two touchdowns. Simeon got the start. And uh, Howell got the start for the Commanders, but did not get the completion. He had two interceptions, gets benched for Jacoby Brissett for the second week in a row. Jacoby Brissett leading them on some returning drives. Got them the lead. Uh, they had uh, running back Rodriguez Jr. for the Commanders with two touchdowns off the bench. Yeah, who the fuck is that guy? Doesn't matter because it's a late you know game against this thing, but it... The Jets' defense maybe thought this game was over, so they got a little too relaxed. Uh, and then surprisingly, Jets' offense find themselves a drive enough to get a game-winning field goal. And the Jets win it. I was uh, pretty bummed after the uh, the Vikings' loss here, so this Jets uh, holding on to this win and, and getting it over you, Dan, was, was my little, like, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, this is. I mean, it's my own fault for picking the Commanders to do anything ever. Hey, um, Commanders, Jets, we've been burned by all these, both these teams a lot yeah, this year. Can, it's nothing you can do. I, it's funny watching what's happening to Sam Howell because I think he's a capable young player. Yeah. But I think, especially the way this end of the season has happened, he is forcing the Commanders to take a quarterback in the draft. Mm. You know, they are going to have a, a top five pick. Uh, in the NFL draft, if they drop these next two, I mean, that's uh, shit. I mean, you're replaced good at that spot. point. Yeah. You know, and it's Sam Howell's, you know, he's fine. He's fine. But if you have an opportunity to take a blue chip prospect, a guy like Drake May, you know, a guy like Jaden Daniels, uh, shit, Cale Williams, if, if somebody sours on him, I think you have to take him. Um, you just have to. I, I just, I don't see the commanders getting a pick much past six or seven. Uh, and because of that, I think they're going to move on from Sam Howell. But he'll he'll stay on the Commanders team, I think. Yeah, isn't it really interesting what we're seeing in Howell? I feel like it's he joined the NFL and was playing what he was playing in North Carolina, and then he yeah, hasn't, just chuck and duck. He hasn't grown, right? There hasn't been a slowdown for the game now at the end of this season for him. Is it too early? To I mean. You feel for these quarterbacks and how quickly we talk about moving on from them, but at the same time, it does. If the Commanders move on from them, it doesn't mean the NFL does because look at how thin everybody is at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You get a feeling you're gonna see Sam Howell somewhere else in some other colors, if not the burgundy and gold. Um, and they've lost other? six in a row, dude. Yeah, no, the Commanders have folded, and you know they traded away a lot of their defense and their captains mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and I think that's where these losses come from uh jacoby Brissett getting this start this week uh is interesting because you know i what's his age 30 something whatever yeah, jacoby's you know. not the answer he's not he's not a future anything um i guess he's a win right now guy when you're in a position as the head coach uh because this might be your second to last game probably is you know maybe you've already mm-hmm. been told and it's like it doesn't matter then i'm gonna start the guy I'm the most comfortable with my offense in case I can get a, you know, position next year. Yeah. I guarantee you that it's going to say riverboat gone is, <laughs> uh, is going to be the headline of That's some newspaper nice, when he's fired. That's right? a very nice headline. Yeah. Riverboat yeah, river gone. Boat gone. Like um, yeah. I, I think a guy like Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, he's only 31. I mean, he's in, he's in the prime of his clipboard Jesus years. Yeah. You know, he's in the prime of his, I'm going to be a backup quarterback. And I think if you have to make the decision of like, Hey, do you keep, Sam Howell or do you keep Jacoby Brissett for a young quarterback you're bringing in right now they're they're slated to be the number three pick 
right? Even with the Jacoby Brissett wins, you know, here, they're they're going to be probably top seven. Oof. I think you probably keep Jacoby Brissett. You can spin Sam Howell for like a third-round pick. Oh, sure. I think there are some teams, I mean, Jesus, namely your Vikings, that might say, hey, I'll I'll take a, a flyer on a guy like that with some talent, some upside. Um, and then you basically get to restart the franchise with a new QB. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, we saw a lot of backup QBs moving around last year, so maybe that continues this year. Um, starters will probably go too. Yeah. Quarterbacks are going to get shifted around quite a bit, I mm-hmm. think. Um, so 49ers at Commanders is our matchup here we can uh, pick. <laughs> oh, we're getting some giggles. <laughs> it is a noon Sunday start, so the Niners do have to go all the way across the country and start early uh, against these Commanders. The Niners uh, can clinch the one seed, but they can't ju- do it with just a win. Like we said, they are tied with uh, Eagles and Net- Lions now, so they need them both to lose in order for this game uh, to help them. Uh, but yeah, everything's on the line here. That bye week is huge, so it's a big one. I will I will take the Niners to, to find the way to, to pull this one out in our in our nation's capital. I'm I'm gonna put the Niners on upset alert here. Oh uh, I'm not taking an upset. <laughs> not for not a fucking chance. There's there's two things. The 49ers beat the shit out of the Cowboys. They beat the shit out of us. I think right now we would beat the shit out of the Washington Commanders. We might not in Week 18. It might be useless. But, like, oh, my God, they're so bad. I think the 49ers could travel across the country for a noon game and step in a bear trap and probably still beat the fucking Washington Commanders in their house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of hope for them. They might, uh, if Arizona has a win here, they might actually jump into the number two pick overall, which would be fucking crazy. Yeah, um... Yeah, they're in a weird spot to uh, because of this loss to the Ravens, but at the same time, take care of business. Take care of business, and it's all taken care of ahead of you, uh, and the Niners should be able to do that. Just I'm floored that they didn't look like they were ready to, to complete that game against the Ravens, but at the same time, it's, it's one game, and uh, we'll see how they do against the rest of the NFC, but maybe it <laughs> Dude, just com- pro- proves that the they commanders- can... They have San Fran and Dallas as their last two games. Like, God, could you could you have a worse end of the fucking season? They want God their damn. yeah. They want their season to wrap up. They they'd like this. Uh, they'd like it to stop. Um, <laughs> let's stop. stop hitting him. He's already dead. <laughs> let's give the Commanders a break, everybody. Let's give us a break too. So when we return, we can push through the games that just weren't as fun to watch. Or that maybe, you know, the NFL completely put on a chain that you couldn't pay attention to. <laughs> that was this last week, and that is this week. We will discuss it all on Push Off. Oh, 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 oh,
ready to talk about the rest of the games from week 16 as we are getting uh, the NFL playoff picture clearer and clearer. Uh, in order to do that, let's let's push through some games that uh, aren't worth our time. Yes, folks, it's your favorite and mine. It is the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, uh, maybe your team has already uh, kicked the bucket, uh, so to speak, and it's not even worth watching because all you're doing is, if you're a fan of the team, looking at developmental prospects. And honestly, I don't give a shit. I'd rather watch uh, college guys and uh, you know fill in my scouting tree. So watch your fucking useless games. I don't want a part of it. That's right. Um, there's a lot of games uh, this time of year, and even though they spread them out on different days, there's not enough time. There's not enough time to no. get through them all. So let's push through. I got four on this one, Dan. Go ahead and start the clock. Yeah, here we go. Yep. Look, we got some guys that will probably be in the playoffs, like the Cleveland Browns, and they're beating on the Texans, 36-22. to Joe Flacco is all, you know, 368, three touchdowns, two interceptions. But the the story of this one, Amari Cooper uh, winning me some fantasy money, 11 catches for 265 yards and two touchdowns. Hey! So glad I traded him for a sixth-round pick and re-signed Michael Gallup to a fucking deal that makes me want to piss blood every time yeah, i think about it sorry dallas oh, god that damn was, it Amari maybe Cooper. it was worth the money um <sighs> congratulations the texans so good couldn't do it with keenum they they benched him put mills in didn't matter uh browns took care of business the falcons took care of business at home against the colts the colts who are in a you know playoff race here falcons said we're in one of our own and we're trying to save our co- coach's job heineke with his start Bijan robinson finally looked good when he was playing Falcons D six sacks, Young Waku a five for five field goals too, just like Sanders. Yeah, Minshew did not look good, and they just fucking abandoned the run, man. Like they just couldn't get anything going. Like I, uh, Jonathan Taylor was running the ball into just brick walls. They just filled the box, and they weren't going to let Minshew, uh, or they were going to make Minshew win the game. So I mean, good choice. Good choice. Bad game, Colts. If you're going to play like that, I don't want you in them playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jaguars are in a free fall. They lose in Tampa Bay to the Buccaneers, 30-12. to 12. This is one Dan has over me because Lawrence got off of concussion protocol to just get smacked around some more. That photo of him getting fucking lit up is just <sighs> so funny. He fire leaves with cannons. a shoulder injury. They fire cannons all over them. It was 20 to nothing Buccaneers at the half. Listen, Mike Evans, though, over there. won terrible. me some money, too. I loved him in my <laughs> fantasy this year. I'm just giving him a, the, their, their, their winning tour. Oh, yeah. And, and then finally, Bears beat the Cardinals 27 to 16. This Ooh. is here because it's Bears and Cardinals. Yeah, this is one of those examples of, like, I don't give a shit. Although Eberflus is saving his job, man. I mean, he's absolutely saving his job because we talked about it. If yep. you get to seven or eight wins, I don't know how you move on from the guy. Bears you know, are uh, still technically alive. and um, I mean, Technically. Yeah, 1% playoff chances. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I agree. They, they, they're going on a little win streak here. They really are. If he gets them to eight and nine, I mean, I know everybody was, you know, high on the horse for the Chicago Bears at the beginning of the season, but eight and nine is not where we thought they would be. You know, we thought they'd get the number one and the number two pick in the draft midway uh, through this season. So, yeah, good job by Iberflus right in the ship. Um, so that leads us to talking about uh, the Bears game that they have this coming up week. They got the Atlanta Falcons, who are in a race themselves, uh, coming to Chicago. And it's making it an interesting one to pick. I've been back and forth on this one. 
I really like the way the Bears have been calling their offenses of late. I feel like they're giving Fields a chance to to win these games. And uh, even though I think uh, DJ Moore got a little banged up in that last one, if, well, doesn't matter whether he plays or not, I'm going to take the Bears to end the Falcons' chances in uh, postseason here. I'm going to do the same. I, I've been a big Eberflus fan. I think um, I think they get to seven wins here. I think they look good. The Bears and the Falcons' offenses are weirdly similar, um, except I think Justin Fields is a little better at being a running quarterback than uh, Desmond Ritter is, so I'm going to take Justin Fields. Okay. Let's, ta- let's pick the game, uh, the 1995 Expansion Bowl. Carolina Panthers coming to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Um, flashes me back to fifth grade. Uh, the Jaguars can clinch the division this week with a win, but Indy and Houston both have to lose. Uh, so it's it's a long shot, but they got a shot. Um, because the Panthers are the other team that just can't seem to get shit together, this is where I think the Jaguars can win i'm still picking the jaguars they've been letting me down in so many weeks in a row but i can't can't get off the their their train i don't know how healthy uh lawrence is but it doesn't really matter here i'm not picking the panthers so i'll take jacks you can't pick the panthers on the road against a probable playoff team like that's if the jaguars lose this game maybe just don't go to the playoffs (laughs) like you don't want to be there if this is what's going to happen if you're going to lose to the panthers at home yeesh yeah, I'm picking Jaguars too, but they better fucking do it. Uh, and then the other one we can talk about is the uh, perennial Thursday night matchup, Jets-Browns. It seems like Jets going to <laughs> Cleveland to play the Browns, the final Thursday night football game of the year. Amazon Prime then, I think they let it go unless they found a way to, to, to think, sink their claws into a playoff game. We'll have to see. <laughs> but... Uh, um, for this one, I'm obviously, I'm taking the Browns. I think the Browns are the better team, and, and on the road, they'll, they'll take care of business against even a good Jets defense that maybe will make things a little bit tougher for Joe Flacco, who has things so easy going for him now. The Browns have a way of clinching the playoffs this week. Really, they're on their way in because they win with – they're in with a non-loss, you know, win or tie in this game, or if it doesn't go their way and somehow the Jets win, losses by Pittsburgh – Bills, Jaguars, Texans, or the Colts. Any of them lose, Browns get in. So Browns are in a good spot to be heading to the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Browns are going to take care of that, though. I think they'll... Thursday? Yeah. This Jets team is just still not good. And the Browns' defense is so fucking good. All right, so Dan's with me on the picks there, too. We got a few more left here from last week. Let's talk about another one that Dan got over me, the Raiders. Winning in Kansas City... 20 to 14. Uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't see it coming. Dan said the Raiders play the Chiefs uh, you know, hard, and they certainly do, and it was their defense in this one. Um, 17 to 7 Raiders at the half because of a pick six and the uh, early play where the Raiders get cute picked up uh, for the touchdown. So the Raiders' defense with two touchdowns in this one. And, um, then the Chiefs couldn't get out of the funk in the second half. It was wild. I was kind of expecting it at any time. I was like, nah, come on, Chiefs, put together a drive here. And they never did. Um, so Christmas Day, the Raiders got themselves a, uh, a little uh, present. Yeah, I fucked myself up because I had a lot of Chiefs. I, had, I was starting Pacheco and Kelsey in my 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> fantasy. And they just absolutely shit the bed, and I was like, I knew this was going to happen, and I still fucking started them. Mm. Uh, Aiden O'Connell's fucking junk, dude. Aiden, Aiden O'Connell's so fucking bad. I'm watching this thing, I'm like, this Raiders defense is all over the place. Like, they've got great pressure. It seems like Antonio Pierce has really got them dialed up, fired in. And then you look across and you see the offense, and you're like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? Like, what yeah. are you fucking idiots doing? Zamir White, though, doing great. Just hand the fucking thing to him. Just stop touching the ball, Aiden. Yeah, they didn't have J- J- Josh Jacobs, but White filled in admirably. And if you have a run game, yeah, you should be able to at least get Devontae Adams more than four yards. <laughs> Devontae Adams just out there fucking running routes. <laughs> yeah. Running routes, like listening to his fucking podcasts. Hopefully he's listening to us. He's like, I know Aiden's so shitty as he just cuts it in. It's like, he, you know, oh, well, Devon, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers wants Devontae Adams back next year. He's like, yeah, God damn Aaron Rodgers and this shit again. <laughs> I'm, I've been very proud that we've stayed off of the Aaron Rodgers discussion here. Um, yeah, we don't talk about him a lot. Because he's desperately wanting everyone to talk about him. That's what seems like that whole like getting himself off of the injury list for no real reason like could play could play you know i'm gonna warm up i'm gonna be on every sidelines and then as soon as like the the reports of him clearing to play he's like, well no obviously i wouldn't come back and play he's like, yes that's what everybody should have known the whole way through but you let him believe the bullshit we did we said it very very early yeah, I saw that Achilles injury. I'm like, hey, what did I say? I think I said something the equivalent of like, I will eat my fucking, I will eat my own hat. I will give up. Yeah. fucking hosting this podcast. Like, there's not a we'll fucking back chance a guy comes back with an Achilles one. injury. Yeah, yeah, that thing's gonna lampshade, dude. Yeah, I, I, he is a very good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. But oh my god, does he need attention like a bitch? So yeah, um, I don't so we think won't he's give it going to. anywhere for a while. He'll be back next year. He'll he says something about a couple years. So yeah, I think until his arm falls off, he'll play because he want yeah. people to pay attention to him. Yeah. All right, the Vegas Raiders are going to Indy to play the Colts, who had that very disappointing game just last week. Hey, another very tight game. I really don't know uh, what to expect for this one. So I'm going to take the home team Colts, who I think are just, you know, an edge better. We're talking two teams, seven and eight, eight and seven. It really is very even here. So give me Indy. I'm going to take Minshew to get off the schneid. I'm just, listen, if it wasn't for the fact that they were playing the Chiefs, and I know you didn't, it was a weird pick last week, grant you, even though I got it right. Aiden O'Connell's so fucking bad that I don't think the Vegas defense is going to be as excited as, you know, in a fervor to take out Gardner Minshew. Um, I, I think if you have Aiden O'Connell in anywhere around a play where he might have to, like, make a play, make a good throw, I just don't believe it's going to happen, so I have to go with the Colts as well. Okay, yeah. It's weird. This game doesn't ha- have a lot of excitement to it, but at the same time, the Colts are the seventh seed team in the AFC right now. They hold it over the Texans, Bengals, Steelers, and stuff. So, I if, if we they lose, a, that seventh seed gets wild. Yeah, the NFC, there, the AFC is going to be uh, a a weird ending. Let's let's be ready. Um, and one of the reasons why is because on uh, Saturday the Steelers. Crush the Bengals thirty-four to eleven. Neither of us picked that one. Um, Jake Browning threw for three thirty-five and a touchdown, but he also threw three interceptions to the Steelers. Not good. 
uh, Mason Rudolph started, and um, he guided that sleigh very well that night. Um, <laughs> that was the middle of the day, but I, I guess we didn't realize that they were starting Mason Rudolph for the sheer reason to push the whole Rudolph factor for Christmas. I mean, it makes sense. Um, he found uh, a, a little man named uh, George Pickens, who is very good when he gets the ball in his hands. 195 yards and two touchdowns. He had that, uh, you know, Randy Moss-esque Thanksgiving-type game in this one where very few catches and just taking it to the house. Steelers were up 24 to nothing at halftime. So it was game wasn't really that close at it much. I think you showed me that meme of like, you know, sometimes you get hit in the head, you get superpowers. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, dude, Mason Rudolph was fucking slinging it. I I will say, this was probably of all the games they've had this year. This was um, watching Jake Browning. You go, oh, I get it. I get why he wasn't drafted. Like that ball does not come out with fucking urgency. Like, yeah, th- he is. He's throwing some ducks every once in a while. And you got a really opportunistic Steelers defense. He's gonna get some picks. Like. He's super accurate, but if he's thrown in a tight window, he's not muscling it in there. And I think that got him into trouble. I think he was feeling himself. Um, you know, he's like, I can get to T. Higgins. And then, you know, obviously having Jamar Chase not in the game, too. I thought Jamar Chase was going to play. Um, okay. I don't know if that would have affected my decision, knowing that he wasn't going to play, because I would have said, hey, you're starting against Mason Rudolph. Who cares? Right. Um, but, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you can see with... With Higgins, great number two receiver, but you need somebody else um, to fuck the defense up because otherwise, throwing against double coverage, he's going to get picked off a couple times. So, poor Jake Browning. But Mason Rudolph, congratulations. Welcome back to the NFL. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure T. Higgins moves on to another team next year and they move on with Chase and Tyler Boyd and, you know, Bengals do what they can with the other one. So, you're right. We'll see where position he ends up in because I, I feel like he is going to get wide receiver one money where he goes it'll be interesting um the Steelers keeping their playoff uh hopes alive with that win because I think you're right if they lost that was that was it so here in the uh AFC they could technically can do this um tiebreakers over the Bengals for wild cards and stuff like that they just need some help um the Bengals yeah this is a scary loss because Browning was taking care of business initially so now even if you limp into the playoffs, a loss like that on the road, I mean, it's scary because you're going to have to win some road games. And I know the Steelers are a good team to play at home, but every team with a home playoff game is going to be a good home team. You know, they're going to have a crowd behind them. So uh, since he's in a tough spot and you want to see, here's their test. You want to see if the, if they can keep up on the road against a playoff caliber team. You're going to Kansas City this week. It's uh, Bengals at Chiefs. This is a game that uh, usually will be pushed quite heavily on the uh, docket, but because no Jake Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow, excuse me, Jake Burrow, Jake Browning is starting and not Joe Burrow. We don't have that, oh, Joe Burrow owns the Kansas City uh, Arrowhead Stadium whole joke thing going around. So instead, um, it is a Chiefs team who has things on a shaky ground since the loss to the Raiders. Um Kelsey slamming his helmet down, uh, coming off the sidelines. Some guy trying to give it back to him and, and uh, uh, needing the head coach there to be like, don't give the guy his helmet back. Are you kidding? <laughs> like Andy Reid having to be the, the voice of reason there. Um, 
Go give me a fucking cheeseburger. Yeah, I think you, Kansas City is dealing with some, uh, you know, there's a lot of attention on this team on the field and on the sidelines and the antics and stuff, and things are getting kind of hyped up there. So they really need something to, to get clean here. And they're at home, but even that, it, I mean, makes it all the more important for them to win this win this game. I'm going to pick them too. I will take the Chiefs to win it because I think it's a smart pick against these Bengals team that just looked really bad in the uh, one against the Steelers. But I think this is a much better matchup, silly enough, for these Bengals still on the road instead of in Pittsburgh but now in Kansas City. So I think it's going to be a good game, but I'm going to say can the Chiefs win it. Chiefs can uh, clinch the division uh, as long as they don't lose this game or the Vegas uh, Raiders or Denver don't win. Yeah, Denver ain't winning shit. <laughs> Denver ain't winning shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to go. I have to go with the Chiefs here, man. It's. I know they've been on a bad streak, but they are still such a well-coached team. There is still talent here. If Pacheco is, you know, is healthy. I mean, he left the game uh, this last one. If they have a healthy Pacheco, they have a healthy Kelsey, and they can move the ball around a little bit to Rasheed Rice. I just I think their defense is better than people even remember, because um, that defense does get a ton of pressure, and I I think they are really fast. They are really opportunistic, which we just saw against the Steelers didn't go well for Jake Browning. So I think the Cinderella story is kind of over here for Jake Browning, and it it knocks the Bengals out of the playoffs. Okay, yeah, that'll be a rough one for the Bengals. Um... It's a big one for the Chiefs, though, too, as they are having things slip on them as well. Um, the whole story, you know, Patrick Mahomes hasn't had to play on the road in the playoffs yet. We'll see what happens. Um, Seahawks beat the Titans. Let's talk about that one. 20-17, to 17, we both picked it. The Titans gave it their best shot. They almost pulled it out over Seahawks, and I was kind of hoping they would. Uh, given how my Vikings weren't helping me out. But uh, Geno Smith, two touchdowns, Seahawks defense, six sacks on uh, uh, Tannehill, who just kind of stands there. Derrick Henry, 99 total rushing yards, or total yards from scrimmage, and he, he threw a touchdown pass as well as ran one in. Um, maybe he should be the quarterback for the Titans. Um, but the Titans could not hold off the Seahawks coming back and taking care of business, winning it with the uh touchdown under a minute left so congrats yeah i mean this is the sort of game the seahawks are going to have every single game like they seahawks played a competition like crazy um i don't see how you can look at this titans team with the lack of talent they have on the offensive side on the defensive side and not say god damn mike vrabel's doing a great job as a head coach like yeah. they're in every single game. I think another an off season with Will Levis, things may be attractive to a couple options. I mean, we talked about where does T Higgins go? Um, I That's think T Higgins. Um, they got Traylon Burks. I know they have our man DeAndre Hopkins, but <laughs> who put up know, an amazing stat year in his old oh, crazy. age? Like he shouldn't been doing what he did it, to the guys yeah. who were throwing him the ball. So all credit DeAndre Hopkins this year. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Nuke's been fantastic. I mean, he's still a top... I would still say DeAndre Hopkins is still a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Somehow, yeah, he was but this it, year. It can't last forever. It just can't. It's it's not possible, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's... What is he, going to be 32? He's going to be 32. The whole thing about him is, yeah, it doesn't matter who throws him the ball. Yeah, all those different quarterbacks. It's just yeah, amazing. He's, he's just been so fucking good. But, 
yeah, I I think it makes Tennessee really interesting. I'm less interested with Tennessee without Mike Vrabel next year. Um, so if they do decide to start over and you know light things up and you know burn down this forest, I'd be less excited for Will Levis's future. Yeah, you're right. I think it's yeah, stick with it, even though this this season was a rough one. He's yeah, he's got to get a tighter leash though, and we'll see what we have. But we'll see from here. Uh, they are playing the Texans this week, who are another team who have things slipping now. C.J. Stroud hasn't been able to get back on the field, do the concussion stuff. I I think he's might be clearing for practice this week. Yeah, limited limited in practice, but that also means that on Wednesday. If you're recovering from a concussion and you're limited, you're probably going to be a go for Sunday. You should be able to be cleared for Sunday as long as they're not too worried. I mean, it's it's a future choice, too. This guy is your future, and uh, if you don't think it's this year, then protect the kid for sure. Uh, the head is the most important. So we'll see. But uh, Titans at Texans, I think uh, the Texans should be getting back to full power here as they have a playoff race still technically a uh, division race with that South tile tied up at eight and seven. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the Texans to win it at home. I'm going to do the same. Uh, I've liked the Texans this year. I, I still think D'Amico Ryans has an outside chance to be the uh, the coach of the year. So yeah, I'm going to go Texans. Yeah. And then the Steelers are going all the way to the West coast to Seattle to play the Seahawks. So this will be a late afternoon start at three Oh five. Listen, Steelers are in a race. They need it. They, but they would need to, uh, put on quite a surprise uh, game here. I'm assuming Mason Rudolph won himself a starting job at least for another week, but I don't think it matters. Seattle Seahawks will find a way to pull out the win here at home. They're much, they're a much better team at home too. I am going to differ with you here. I'm actually going to take Pittsburgh. I'm going to take Mike Tomlin to uh, go above 500, uh, officially above 500. I'm, I'm taking him on the road against Seattle. I think that Pittsburgh defense is still really, really good. And if Mason Rudolph even gives them a puncher's chance on offense, um, they are a scary team. If that defense is humming and that offense can do anything, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, Seattle might be the first of uh, a couple different teams to fall to them. All right. Well, I mean, I'm going to hope for it because of uh, playoff hopes. Seattle can clinch playoffs with a win and if Green Bay and Minnesota tie hmm. because of those two teams both being in a race against them. So they want, they're hoping for a straight-up tie on Sunday Night Football, but uh, they also need the win. Uh, Seattle can get in. So anyways, that's a that's a loud, uh, an outside chance there for them. Um, couple more games here for this week. Let's talk about oh, – we're going to go all the way back to Thursday Night Football, everybody. Sorry. Where the Rams beat the Saints – but it was a good one, 30-22. to 22. Um, This was a race in the playoffs. We set it up as such, and the Rams took care of business at home. Uh, Carr threw three touchdowns. Olave was healthy as the guy for them. But uh, Stafford, um, two touchdowns. Kyron Williams got going for over 100 yards, and Puka Nakua was uh, the man uh, for the Rams that night. Haversick, three for four for field goals, so he's holding on to his job enough here. Um <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, Rams really controlled this one. It was 30-7 to Rams early fourth quarter. So the end score, not as tight as, as really it was here. The Saints did what they could to try to come back. But Rams are the other team to kind of look out for for a wild card now. Yeah, Rams are scary, man. I, I was actually surprised this wasn't in the two-minute no offense just because of how much of a swing. Like, you could tell the Rams were really foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, 
Maybe it should have been. I guess the Rams are, because they all of a sudden are a team that we really need to be paying attention to, I feel like. You True, know, Puka yeah. Nakua, Cooper Cup, I, these guys could, <clears throat> excuse me, could upset somebody on the road as a wild card team. You know, they're not going to, well, did the Niners clinch the division? Uh, Niners clinch the division, yeah. Yeah, so the, it's only wild card for the Rams, so they have to go on the road, but I could see them being a problem. I really could. If C.J. Stroud misses one more game, I think Puka Nakua is maybe the offensive rookie of the year. Good point. You That's know, he's a, been yeah. he's been that good. He's been so consistent. He's made crazy contested catches. He's made fantastic, like, his route running is so well-developed, it's kind of insane. Like, a guy like Puka Nakua um, is so much better at 22 than it, he has any right to be. Um, you know, this is a guy that, this year is over 1,300 yards. He's had almost 100 receptions as a fucking rookie. That's insane, man. I mean, the touchdown production hasn't been there, but it's been fine. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid of a Matt Stafford-led team with Cooper Cuff and Puka Nakua. I don't know how you defend it. I don't yeah. know anybody that's got enough DBs to defend these two motherfuckers. I've talked about how much I like how Kyron Williams plays, too. Yeah, that's uh, that offense is, is fun oh, yeah. to watch. Okay, so let's move on from that game. The Saints are in a lot of trouble, and they're going to Tampa Bay uh, with you know the slimmest of hopes still left. Uh, Tampa Bay looks very good of late, and they can clinch their division if they win or even if Atlanta loses. So even if it doesn't go their way, they're in the playoffs. So Saints-Buccaneers, let me finally fire some cannons. Uh, Tampa Bay, man, um, you guys are getting in and you could cause some problems. So Dan, if you're talking about Dallas being that, that, uh, wild card team and the number one wild card team, <laughs> it could be Tampa. You could have to be heading to Tampa again. Yeah. I'm not excited about that dirty white boy. They got there, um, yeah. as their head quarterback. I, I, I'm also going to fire the cannons. Uh, the saints have just been so schizophrenic. We might be talking about Derek Carr being a one and done, um, just because the New Orleans Saints cap situation is so fucking terrible. Um, good for them for being competitive this year. Everybody thought it was kind of going to be a rebuild. But, uh, yeah, I think New Orleans goes to 7-9 and nine in this game and basically, uh, you know, has to bow out of the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I took the Eagles. Dan uh, has a problem in doing so. So another one where I get him over picks. 33-25. Uh, to 25. Tommy DeVito. Uh Legacy might have come into an end. Uh, the cutlets have grown cold. He was benched in the second <laughs> half for Tarad Taylor, who we love. So it makes things a weird uh, situation here for the Push Off Podcast. Hurts uh, uh, hundred and or excuse me, three hundred one yards passing, a touchdown, interception, but he ran one in. So one of those mixy kind of days for him. But uh, the Eagles did what they could at home to beat a division rival. Uh, who they were up against 20-3 to at the half and just kind of pushed on uh, with another good game from Elliott, too, four field goals. So Eagles win it, and they're another one of those 11-4 teams that we've been talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Eagles have not been convincingly good. I mean, Brian Dable, if he was on the hot seat at the beginning of the season, I think he's off the hot seat now. Um, you can kind of see the job he's been doing with that team. And, you know, even though he was very pro-DeVito before this game, you could see he was looking at the productivity and being like, "Oh, I, I'm here to win, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit about the legend of Tommy, 
you know, Tommy Fajol. I don't know. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Um, let me get somebody in there that I know is a, a capable starting quarterback. And honestly, if they had started to rod from the beginning of this game, I, I don't know if they don't win the thing. Um, you know, DeVito put them in some bad situations that Terod got them out of. So I would have, I would have loved to see a Giants win here. Would have loved it. Um, but yeah, even a win like this, you can't look at Philadelphia and think that they are anything other than a team that's struggling. Yeah. You know, this is a this is a team that is struggling to beat a team you are supposed to kick the shit out of in the five and ten Giants. I know they're five and nine at the time, but you're supposed to kick the shit out of the Giants, and you you win by one possession on some you know some sketchy fucking calls there near the end as well. Um, you you're supposed to put your boot on the throat of the New York Giants and they haven't been able to do that in like two months put their foot on the throat of a, an opposing team so yeah I, if you're an Eagles fan you got to get worried um, Jalen Hurts had a pretty decent Jalen Hurts game but he's not the MVP that's for fucking certain so um, yeah I, I don't know if Philly's in a good spot I know New York is in an interesting spot with their QB um, I think Daniel Jones could come back in at the beginning of next season and people might give him a shot, um, but he's got to make big changes quick. I, I do think that Dable is the right coach for the New York Giants. Um, as my as my doppelganger uh, sits over there, he's doing everything he can. Like This is this is a team that needs help. They need, they need talent in a bunch of different places, but uh, right. the Giants are well-coordinated. Yeah, um, so for the Eagles... They're the best situation they're in is their last two games here of the season. Uh, this week they have the Cardinals coming to town, who are you know a mess themselves, and that's a nice situation. And then they wrap it up going to New York, the team they just they just beat. Uh, yep. To New York might be a bigger problem, but who knows what'll be on the line at that time? So we'll see. First things first, though, you're in a good situation here against these Cardinals. I'm going to take them to win where they can clinch the division with a win and if your Cowboys slip up. Um, I did not pick that. I did not pick that the Lions would beat the Cowboys. But, again, we're talking about how tight that game could be. So, yeah, the Eagles might be in a good situation next week. But here I think you got you got the Cardinals. So you'll be fine. Uh, the Cardinals have not given me anything to give me hope right. for them. Like, they've looked really bad. Um, Second so, overall pick probably, if not yeah, the first. And, and deserving it too, you know. Yep. It's not like, oh God, how do we get the second overall pick? Like, yeah, they've been shitty. So I'm gonna take the Eagles just because I think, God, they're so. F- God, I hate you, Cardinals. It does I the Cardinals better to lose. It does. I mean, if you're the Cardinals organization, you don't want to win here. You don't want to drop from number two to number like five or six. You right. don't want the the Washington Commanders Patriots. to jump you and get that number two spot. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the other one is the Rams going to New York, playing the Giants. Tommy DeVito uh, benched for Terod Taylor. Um, so, yeah, there's another one uh, of a benching of a younger quarterback for an older guy just in the hopes of a lost season where the guy's, you know, going to maybe come and win. So it's another interesting one just like the Commanders are doing. The Giants are doing it too. Um, the uh, The Rams can clinch themselves playoffs with a win, and if the Seahawks lose or tie, and Green Bay and Minnesota also tie. So that whole Green Bay-Minnesota game, yeah, tie kind of thing. So, yeah, there's still a lot of stuff on the line for, for the Rams there too. But uh, the Rams in a much better situation. We just talked about how we're impressed with them. So, yes, I'm going to take the Rams on the even on the road to beat these Giants. 
Yeah, doing the same. I mean, the Giants, like I said, well-coordinated, but right now the Rams, Sean McVay is still one of the top five best coaches in the NFL, so I'm going to take the Rams. Yep. All right, so that only leaves us with two more games to talk about from the last week. These are games that I personally could not watch live. Now, I <laughs> pay uh, uh, about $400 for the NFL ticket so I could watch my Vikings, the NF, you know, the red zone, and any out of the source games because I trust that the NFL is putting on a, a good product here and I want to see good games even if they are being played, you know, in Carolina on an off year where, you know, it's an NFC South matchup that it usually won't get played in, in my uh, region here in the North Midwest. So that's why I do that. But does that give me the ability to watch the games live when I, you know, cut the, the cord and don't have a, a CBS uh uh, subscription? No, it doesn't. Um, does my buddy Dan maybe help me out with some ESPN ones here? Yes, he does. Does my brother help me out with some other ones? Yes, they do. But that stuff's probably not legal. You know, so all of this being said, it's a little silly when the Bills beat the Chargers 24-22 to on Peacock and Peacock alone on Christmas Eve and the only way that you can watch it is if you've signed up for Peacock for this one specific game. Now, hopefully, you guys, you did because it's not the last time they're going to be doing it this year. There is a playoff football game in this NFL season uh, specifically that will only be on Peacock as well. Uh, I, I hope that if you have a, a local team involved in there that they'll, they'll put it on one of those teams, you know, channels for you too, but... You know, NBC maybe, because given that that's what Peacock owns. But this is where we're at, everybody. Uh, internet um, equ- equality, and uh, you know, just just creating the internet to back to cable. That we're already back to where it was. You know, everyone's got to get their their coin. Yeah, I don't pay four hundred dollars a year for uh, that because there's uh, streaming services, um, and I just uh, pirate the streams. Yeah, so it, it's really it's. It's kind of forced, it, it, it does. edging I mean, you to, to, to pirate. I, yeah. I have said, if the NFL offered me, they said, hey, $100 a year, you watch any Cowboys game wherever, right? You can watch any Cowboys game for 100 bucks a year. I'd be like, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, here's 100 bucks. Give me my Cowboys anytime I want them. Um, the fact that they're making it $400 a year to be like, hey, you can watch the Cowboys, or you could randomly watch this fucking thing that may or may not be on Peacock. I have Peacock. Yeah. Um, and in solidarity, I didn't watch this shit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, this shouldn't be exclusive on Peacock. The thing that's nice about Peacock is when it's on NBC, you can get a nice crisp. Because I don't, you know, we've fucking antennas, because right. um, we cord cut. But I don't get a good reception on NBC. Peacock was relatively affordable. I'm like, hey, this makes sense. Um, but yeah, there should never be a fucking exclusive. Uh, if NBC's got it, just give it to fucking NBC. Why are they doing this? It doesn't make sense. Like they're trying to push you towards Peacock, but it, yeah, I just I don't get it, man. I don't. I mean, I do get it. It's fucking money. It's all money. It's all yeah. You know, give me five dollars a month forever for the rest of your life. It's just that um, Peacock and also was supposed let me advertise to advertise shit. Yeah, Peacock was supposed to be their streaming service to watch the stuff on demand that is played on your broadcast channel that is NBC the one thing you're going to really broadcast is the most in, you know the biggest sporting uh events through the NFL you know the the biggest sporting uh of the big 4 
that there is. You'd put that on your local channel. No, to, to reach to, to throw it on Peacock is the hopes that then you download it and now you have this thing where you watch your other stuff and they've hooked you, you know. And Peacock's That's actually fine. That's the worst part. It's actually not a bad streaming and service. It's There's cheap a lot of good too. shit on there. Yeah. It's and super affordable. They give but you their options, fuck yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but, fuck but still. You. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. It's like if you say, hey, we're streaming on Peacock as well, or if you say, hey, there's a different sort of broadcast on Peacock than you a get different on regular broadcast, NBC. sure. Yeah, do you want to not listen to Chris fucking Collinsworth? Like, yeah, it'd be great. Let's Mike not Tariqa, do that you shit. want some options? Yeah. So yeah. anyways, Go to the game. <laughs> to the game. The Bills yeah. defense, five sacks. Um, they they had a tight one in this one. It was 14-10 Bills at the half. I, th- I don't know if they thought the Chargers were going to roll over play dead for them, and they didn't. Um. You know, Easton Stick is not a good-looking quarterback in any... No. He, he doesn't look like a quarterback out there, but they did enough to have uh, Cameron Dicker kick five field goals, so another kicker, you know, doing what he could to get a team over Dicker that the hill. Uh, yeah, he slowly bled down the Bills' lead till they had a lead themselves, but that only lasted enough for the Bills to take the win and, and win this one that we thought they would. So uh, in the long, you know... In short of it all, if I sat there and watched the whole thing on Christmas Eve, uh, or what was it, uh, the day before or whatever, I would have missed some time with some family anyway, so uh, maybe the NFL did me a, a, a solid by not putting it on NBC. <laughs> I I just can't believe how schizophrenic Gabe Davis is. You know, there will be games yeah. where he just absolutely explodes and takes shit over, and then just goose eggs, like just multiple goose eggs. Uh, throughout the season, and then and then goes and has a game like this, very dangerous because he's going into free agency. It's going to be him and T. Higgins, and somebody's going to give Dave, Gabe Davis way too much fucking money. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and yeah, and if he it's was a on Kenny your Galladay situation, team, you feel bad for you. Yeah. Um, and then the other game that you really couldn't watch because it was only on NFL Network was the one on Christmas Eve, the Patriots. Beating the Broncos in a in an upset, twenty six to twenty three. We did not pick it. We did not see it because uh, if you didn't have NFL Plus, uh, you couldn't could not watch it. Um, Zappy two touchdowns. Patriots defense had five sacks. Barmore himself had three of them, and then Russell Wilson two touchdowns himself. Um, the Broncos just had an awful end to the third quarter. Mims with the fumble on the touchdown. Uh, on kickoff led to a touchdown for the Patriots uh, and then they were leading 23 to 7 into the fourth quarter where the uh, Broncos go on a 15 straight uh, run to tie this game with just over under three minutes left both teams punt back and forth and then a 56 yarder for the Patriots to win it so kind of an exciting second half of a mess of a game to lead to that but um there you go patriots win a game that probably just you know hurts draft spot both of these teams are terrible by the way yeah um bailey zappy good for you you're gonna get money you're gonna trick somebody the way trevor sibian tricked somebody a couple years ago you're gonna get way more money than you should just because you've got some starting experience russell wilson's fucking cooked man that guy is fucking junk at this point i mean if you look at it statistically, he's had a fine season. And then you watch the game film and you're like, this is not the Russell Wilson we fell in love with. This they is not the guy making... This year to do what they could. 
Yeah. Oh, dude, they did everything they could, but yeah, he's just not the same guy. He's just missing us. You know, he's slowed tremendously. He doesn't make the same reads. I I don't think he's surrounded with nearly as much talent. Um, and it's evident. And then they make a good decision, I think, at the end of this game and say, hey, I I think um, don't fall for the sunk cost fallacy. Maybe it's time for us to move on from Russell Wilson. So, yeah, let's talk about that decision. Jared Stidham is getting the start uh, against the Chargers and probably for the rest of the season for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson gets benched. There is a monetary decision within this. Um, come March, if Russell Wilson was injured, he would have been guaranteed his contract through 2025. Like not even uh, this next yeah. season, but the following season is what I follow. So if uh, that's that's their worry that somehow he'd you know have an injury or something else would happen to him in these last couple of games. So now benching him healthy means that uh, he does autom- still get a bunch of money for next year, but they could decide that's a dead cap, move on from him, right? Cut him pay him out or whatever and uh and just try to move on from for next year so he's got an 85 million dollar dead cap next year 85 million dollars which means if they release him it doesn't save them any money next but year. it's they basically have to pay the guy 35 and a half million dollars and then in 2025 they have to eat so much fucking money in dead cap it's kind of insane yeah. Um, the thing that would help them tremendously is if Russell Wilson's guarantee in 2025 doesn't go, because then I think he's only a dead cap of, what is it, um, fucking, let's see, 37? Yeah, so I think it's only a dead cap of like $12 million if they cut him after next year. So basically the Broncos are going to eat $35 million in cap space next season so that they only eat $12 million in cap space in, in 2025. It's that bad of a contract. It's so wow. bad, and he's and he's thirty five years old, and you can tell, man. Yep. Like you can tell. I mean, when he came in at thirty four years old, like thirty three year old Russell Wilson looked like he could play for another five years. Thirty five year old Russell Wilson doesn't look like he could play another five minutes. Hmm. So you know, this is a thing that needs to be done. That being said, I don't know if he gets released if there's not another team that takes a flyer on the guy. Right, you know, and right. says, "Hey, you know, maybe we bring in Russell Wilson, kick the tires, see what's see what's left there." Um, but his performance on the Broncos, I think, has changed him from a guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer to maybe a guy that's second ballot. Um, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, and that's he, crazy to me to to have fallen in grace by that much just for two short years. He could get himself back to rights if he has a resurgent year for another team next year. But oh boy. He, how the mighty have fallen, but at least yeah. he got paid falling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he got a good old contract out of that. He, he's he's going to do fine monetarily for the rest of his life. But you're right, he's he's got to be smart with uh, maybe this last decision if if he wants a uh, his um his lore to to last. That's the best word I could think of. Um, true. So, anyways, uh, the Chargers are going to Denver to play the Broncos. Uh, Denver hasn't knocked themselves out of everything yet. They are the very last chance to make it in, so they technically have. Um, but the Chargers are even in a much worse situation, so I think Denver, with their defense and whoever's starting quarterback, Jared Stidham or whoever, can beat the Chargers. 
I have Denver Broncos winning. I do not. I have these Chargers winning. I think Denver is... I think Denver's in full rebuild mode right now. I think the Chargers are, you know, they're auditioning uh, players at this point. I think all they want to do in Denver right now is see who else, who else we got. What can we do? Kick the tires. Whereas in the Chargers, they're like, hey, I'm auditioning for the next team. I know I'm not going to be here. Um, but if you're if you're looking at the Broncos team, they're saying, hey, you're going to be here next year because the head coach is going to be here next year. So if you want a spot on this team, show me what you got in these next two games. I don't even care if we really win. I just want to see individual performers be good, and I think that's going to be the difference. I think the Chargers are going to play cohesively and actually beat these Broncos, knock them out of the playoffs. Divisional game, um, one of our three at uh, the late afternoon hour on Sunday, uh, New Year's Eve, as you're as you're getting primed up for your for your New Year's Eve, uh, you know, celebrations and everything. They only give us three games here. Uh, with so many of them at noon. So, Chargers and Broncos, it's the AFC West matchup, yes. Um, and we got ones opposite. All right, and the other game, the final game to discuss here before we uh, wrap it up here for the night is the Patriots going to Buffalo to play the Bills. The Bills can clinch a playoff spot as long as they don't lose and a bunch of help. They need still some help to get in. And the Patriots did lose their running back, Stevenson. He's going to IR. Uh, with an injury himself. So, uh, yeah, Patriots a loss year. The Bills um, climbing back in and, you know, could even try to to catch those uh, Dolphins who haven't clinched the division yet. So, obviously, I'm taking Buffalo at home. I'm doing the same. Uh, New England's junk, and I don't think they give a shit. Yeah. So, there we go. All right. Those are all the games picked for the last week. Um, From these last week in picks, uh, I was only up two, but I had a very good week, Dan. So, I'm at 150 correct. You're at 145. Got some making up to do here in these last two weeks. Yeah, it's not going to be this week, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, this week we had not too many opposite, but there's uh, there's still some here to pick, and next week will be much tighter, I think. You know what that means? Next week I'm throwing some fucking haymakers. Yes, <laughs> that's you always that's will. That's what's happening. Coming out um, here slugging. We do the picks uh, through my family too, and my mom is ahead of me now by two picks. Ah, he's got 152 uh, on us here. So, yeah, I'm trying to catch her too. So, you guys, you know, even ourselves here in this one, not the best. All right. All right, Dan, we're going to wrap it up. I got a quiz for you this week uh, because we are wrapping and getting close to a completed season. Uh, There has been only three occasions in the NFL history where a team has had a 4,000-yard passer and three thousand yards from scrimmage players, or excuse me, a uh, four thousand yard from scrimmage players, pl- four players that have gotten thousand yards from scrimmage. Three more teams could join this year. I want to first start you there and see if you can guess me the three teams that could have a four thousand yards passer and four players thousand yards from scrimmage. I'm going to go with the 49ers. The 49ers are the closest and probably will get it. Purdy with, uh, can you name the four players? I'm going to say Debo. Yep. Chris McCaffrey. Yep. And Ayuk. And Ayuk. It is Kittle who needs seven more yards to be the fourth guy. Okay. That's, that's what they do to get the, to be the fourth team, or excuse me, the fifth team in history to do it. Now, can you name the other two teams that could technically do it this year since we're adding a whole week? Uh, I, 
Is it possible the Cowboys could do it? No, unfortunately. The Cowboys are not listed on here. I think they're too far away. But yeah. there's two other strong offenses this year. Well, it's not gonna be the it's not gonna be the Ravens. I would have to say it's probably gonna be the Rams. No. Really? Because they got Puka and Matt yeah, Cup missed too many games. Hmm. That's a good question. Give me a hint. Uh the Dolphins. Oh, give yeah, me the of four give me the four guys on the Dolphins and the QB. I'm gonna go well, obviously we're gonna go Tua, we're gonna yeah, go um I guess I'm good. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert, and who's the fourth? Yeah. The fourth guy is, it is Cedric the one, Wilson? No, the fourth guy is the one who's not at a thousand yet. He needs two hundred and one more yards. Devon Achan. God, wow, with that limited God, yeah. he was productive for a short amount of time. Now, uh, I'm not going to give you the other team here straight out. What Which other offense do you think is this close? Well, if it's if it's the Dolphins, not the Rams. Not your Cowboys. So. God, is it Detroit? Yeah. Uh, with Goff, it is St. Brown, Gibbs, Montgomery, the fourth guy who needs just 220 more yards to be the fourth one over 1,000 is Sam Laporta. Yeah. All right. Now, where I wanted to quiz you, Dan, is can you name the players? I'll give you the the uh, the franchise in the year, and I'll see if you can name me the, uh, the quarterback and the four players. Okay. So we'll start with the easiest and the most recent. The 2004 Indianapolis Colts did this. Who are uh, those guys? Peyton Manning. Yep. Uh, Reggie Wayne. It's Marvin Harrison. I want to say it's Anthony Gonzalez. No. Oh, it's not Anthony Gonzalez. <sighs> Brandon Stokely? Yes. Okay. I, I couldn't remember which year that was. Maybe Gonzalez came in 06. Um, and that would still be Edger and James. Edger and James for 04. Okay. Yep. There you go. That's the Colts. All right. Now it's going to get much tougher. Uh, the 95 Falcons did it. Do you remember who quarterback was the Falcons? The 95 Falcons. Was that was that Chandler? Was that Chris Chandler? No. He had a stronger arm, this guy. Oh, Jeff George. Yep, Jeff George. Can uh, you name Bad any Moon of the guys? Ryzen. No, Ryzen was not on 95 Falcons. Really? I think it was um, earlier. Was it Jamal Anderson? Was he back there? Nope. Really? Ooh, then I'm... I'm fresh. I'm fresh it, out of Falcons. Uh, the running backs was uh, Hayward and Metcalf. Cameron Hayward. Cameron Hayward and uh, Eric Metcalf had over a thousand Damn. yards from scrimmage there. Bert Emanuel and Terrence Mathis at wide receiver. Not a chance. Oh, Never okay. That. And then this one probably goes too far. The 1990 Oilers. Uh, God, was Earl Campbell still? <laughs> was he still running? No, uh, but these are some strong names here that you probably will remember once I say them. But 90 oh, Oilers, this is almost earlier than me. Quarterback, Warren Moon. Oh, yeah. Uh, with running backs, Lorenzo White. Mm. And then the wide receivers, Haywood Jeffries, Ernest yes, I Givens. Do I don't remember Givens. Drew Hill. I do remember Drew Hill. Okay, so there you go. Shit. All right, so those are those uh, crazy or the the quiz here for you. Now a few more crazy stats uh, before we wrap up this uh, this extended show, you guys. But thank you so much for joining us here for this push off podcast. Just had some fun this week. Lost track of the time. Uh, here we go. Crazy stats, Dan. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Jets have 
and had a QB throw for 10 or more touchdowns since 2019. What? Yeah, since 2019, not one quarterback for the Jets has thrown for 10 or more touchdowns. They just can't stay oh. on the field. It's been a rough run for the Jets. So, yuck. Aaron Rodgers, they're kind of hoping you come back and play a full season for him. Good Lord. Um, the Ravens this year have yet to trail by more than seven points at any time in any game. That sounds right, actually. <laughs> to put <laughs> that, that makes sense. yeah, to put that into uh, a thought here, the the 07 Patriots, who are the undefeated team, were down by ten or more multiple times that year. But the Ravens have keep not close, done it. and that's keep the close. that's the one thing. You know, if you get ahead of the Ravens by a bunch, can they catch up? You know, they haven't done it yet. So we'll have to see. And then finally, the New York Giants currently have allowed 77 sacks. That's uh, or the second most in a season was 78 given up by the 1997 Cardinals. So one more, and the Giants tie the second Ugh. almost all-time sacks given up. Uh, first place might be out of reach. It's the 86 Eagles with 104. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. you know, don't challenge them. <laughs> don't challenge 30 sacks in two weeks. All right. Those are the crazy stats. That is the full uh, push-off podcast for this week, you guys. Um, we will have one more uh, to wrap up the regular season after this, and then that's it. Then we will no playoffs. Dude, I'm telling you, um, I don't <sighs> – I went from feeling really good about this season to feeling really bad in about the space of three weeks. Hey, that's this season. It's it only takes one losses. game to turn it around, though. Yeah. I could start feeling really good with a win here against the Lions. I'm sure you could start feeling really good with a win against the Packers. Right. Um, and that is the nature of this game. That is the thing that makes the sport so fucking fun is it is any given Sunday, and it is uh, it is next Sunday, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you only got to win another six games or so, and you can find yourself in the big dance. So all that sounds very good, Dan, but, uh, you know, didn't set it up like I usually do, so I'm hoping that uh, as we wrap this up and I tell everybody to come back next week and we talk about uh, what happened week 17, get you set up for that uh, – ever continuing week 18 um with you know longest two minute no offense in history all that good stuff but let's uh first say adieu and i'll ask dan do you have any more parting words of wisdom of course i do i could talk forever as you know <laughs> if you find yourself losing hope in this season of dwindling lights just remember even if your light is snuffed out and you find yourself outside the playoff. A burning candle sits there in late April. The NFL draft is right around the corner for all of you people that have been eliminated. So even if you lose hope, hope springs eternal. Best thing about the NFL. Yeah, yeah, this season goes year-round. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us another episode of the Push-Up Podcast. We will see you next week. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Enjoy your football. Bye.